Chicago Verse podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists and industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black. Welcome to Chicago. Hey, it's live? <laughs> it's live. It's lit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, goodness. I heard it's, it's off lit and my eyes lit. <laughs> it's literally lit. This is off to a good start. Uh, Haima Black, welcome to Dynasty Podcast, man. Uh, it's 9 p.m. Sunday night at DynastyPodcast.tv. Or if you're hearing this after the fact, you're probably hearing it at DynastyPodcast.com or SoundCloud.com slash Dynasty Podcasts. Behind the boards right now, we have Ingrid Legends. We are at Closed Sessions slash uh, Soundscape Studios in Chicago. And I'm here with Anthony Sanders from Island of Misfit Toys, man. How are you doing? Hello. I'm doing so good. Well, I'm doing well. I went to uh, Friendship Chinese with my family just like yeah. a minute ago and was dropped off serendipitously on the way back. So, Did your parents drop you off at the podcast? That's a, that's adorable. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. It'll drive me everywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm a grown man. I'm doing things for myself. But yeah. they, dro- they drove me to the podcast, and I think it was really fun describing to them what a podcast is yeah. uh, the entire time. <laughs> that seems to be a theme tonight. Um, baffling. <laughs> I love it, man. Uh, you and I, you know, I was going through the archives of when we spoke previously, and man, when... Was it? It was back in 2011. Summer of 2011. I listened to it like two days ago. Yeah. When we confirmed this, because I was just like, I did this before. I know, but it was over the phone back in the day, and this is our first time. Is this our first time meeting face-to-face? Yes. That's crazy, because, (laughs) like... Ignorant. (laughs) It's so insane. It's one of these things where, you know, you and I have been friends on Facebook for... some long amount oh, of time. Oh, I've bothered you numerous times about things you have, that aren't real. No, it's it's <laughs> not even a bother at all. But my point is that like when you're friends with face on Facebook with somebody for a long time, you know mutual people. You and I have spoken in messages and over the phone for the podcast. You almost kind of forget that you've never actually shared the same physical space. I thought I thought about it like as we emailed each other. And I was just like, I can't believe this because you also introduced me to Lilo Royale, shouts out, uh, who played cello on two of my records. Yeah. And yeah, that's absolutely. Outstanding. That is. So it's all about connection, man. And Chicago's a small city. It really is. People forget, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about all these great things that you have happening here. We're going to talk about this record that I am absolutely in love with. Oh, no my God. No hyperbole. <laughs> Thank like, you. For real. Um, but let's get a little bit of background, man. Uh, how has the last year treated you, treated the band? Like, how was 2015? The, um, like, we've been a band for about five and a half years, and, like, the 2015 was the coming of us being a five-year-old band, which is half a decade, which doesn't sound that much to No, that's to a some long people. time. It certainly feels long, especially because we started the band when we were truly, like, adolescent people. Like, and it... um. 2015 was really the year where, because this album, for no good reason and only, you know, life reasons, took four obscenely long years. And I'll never understand that. You know, everyone had things they had to do. We went through a few, like not crazy dramatic, but a few personnel changes. I worked on cruise ships for seven months, which is obscene, with the Second City doing piano. Like, and like cruise ships not being another project, but like an actual yeah, I don't, cruise ship. I don't have like a beach band called Cruise Ships. <laughs> but you could. That are playing at Bric-a-Brac Records. Shouts out. Sorry, that sounds like a diss, but it's not. Uh, 
But like I worked as a musical director for the second city and that took me in all kinds of directions. And then like there were sicknesses and people's families, like it, there were all kinds of things that got in the way that made sense when they were all added up. We started recording the record with a person who moved away and then we had to restart recording the record because he didn't have the recording files anymore. And like every little thing that could go wrong with this record went wrong. And then in 2015, it was all mastered. We had the artwork for it. Everything was making sense. A label called Broken World Media, shouts out, put it out and had just done a wondrous job with it. This is a fun, um, this is a long answer to your question of 2015 was the most uh, definitive year we've ever had in like in terms of like not just being local you know and it was also the year that like straight up looked at us and said are you guys ready to be a, a for real real band that aren't teenagers anymore because like everything seemed like it was going great we were playing some of the biggest shows we've ever played we were like uh to like we were finally booking a tour or dealing with a tour that was being booked by not us, right? but other people. And I won't say who um, because it's about to get ugly, but like, it's, I'm just kidding. I want to make it more dramatic than it is for the viewers. <laughs> but like the test, like the definitiveness came with the fact that I made you something came out this year. That's the name of the album. I made you something. And it, was a beautiful experience and all of a sudden everybody came out of the woodwork who had, who had liked Island for a long time and a lot of new people who wouldn't have heard it in the first place and it was so vindicating but not in a spiteful way it felt amazing but also we went on a tour that we'll never forget because um, we went on a, a bunch like before that that all went swimmingly but they were just like little our little DIY tours that we were booking ourselves and we were like oh these are like real great and fun and like Sometimes they went well, but nothing crazy because we didn't have a new album to show anyone. And then we went on one in the summer where it was like the Book of Job. You ever read the Book of Job? <laughs> I mean, I know the story. Yeah. It's like that where, like, I mean it when I say literally every day a new problem came about. And it all culminated in the middle of the tour when our van's transmission got shot in the middle of the Bronx who are you guys? Kill Hannah? <laughs> like, did that happen to them? Kill Hannah had a, basically a career, and I said that was. I mean, this is no secret. Like Kill Hannah talked about this uh, at length. I mean, they, yeah. I've been friends with those dudes for forever. I mean, their van caught fire. Oh my Kill God. Hannah, like the entire <laughs> the entire run of Kill Hannah was what you're describing. It was like thing after thing after thing, plagued with problems. Plagued, yeah. It, um, it felt like a plague, even just for two weeks. So okay. So that's amazing. Like you gave me this huge answer that really touches on so much of what I wanted to talk to you about. But because one of the questions I had was, oh yeah, I'll like, calm down about that. But no, yeah. it's it's fine. Like <laughs> one of the questions I was going to ask was like, hey, you know, like the last record came out in 2011. Like, but you 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 really filled that in. So I guess the bigger question then is, spending four years on a record, how many times did you want to give up? What kept you going? Oh like, yeah. what was your why was this record something that you didn't give up on in spite of all of these obstacles you really faced over four years, which is a crazy amount of time, to start and stop on something? Mm. Like, yeah, the amount of times where I felt like giving up were astonishing, but that's also because I'm very prone to suggestion, and I kind of uh, I kind of get very sensitive very fast. Not at people, but inwardly. Mm-hmm. Um, and... There are times where I, yeah, I honestly felt like 
it was like at this stage, which is ridiculous because there are bands that take like, there are smaller bands that have taken like six years to put out uh, another record and it went fine because people were just, people don't wait every day and then get mad at you. Right. Like unless you're like an obsessive super fan, but I had tunnel vision about it and I was, there were times I honestly would privately think to myself like, how worth it could this possibly be? Which is it's wild to think that I ever thought that because the things that kept me going were, I'm going to, I'd like to think that the things that we heard about the music, even before it had come out just via like live videos and stuff that we can only share in that format, like the reactions were incredulous as in not just like these songs are pretty sick. Like people had, astonishing things to say that I would never personally say because it would feel insane to say about music that we wrote. And like, there are times where like all we had to do was play in front of some people and we're reminded of exactly why we need to put this record out, which is wild because like I actually wrote like a lot of this record in tandem with members of Island of the Toys in 2010. I mean, that's, I mean, and so when you're right, you've got material that you wrote this long ago, you know, now like five, six years, yeah, like, you know, 40 years ago. It makes no sense. Yeah, probably it's like 40, 60 years ago. 40, yeah. 60 years ago yeah. before the automobile, um, which is way before 40, <laughs> 60 years ago. But you know what I mean? Jesus. Yeah. Like, did you still emotionally connect to this material? That's such an amazing question. Yes. Okay. But like, I could totally... I've had that battle. Because sometimes, like, you know, <laughs> you look at things you were upset about previously or you think about where you were three, five, ten years ago and you go, oh, man, you know, I was really stuck on that thing and now it doesn't seem like a big deal. It's like an old hairstyle where you're like, what was I thinking? Yeah, but, you look back and it's embarrassing. But you were still able to really, like, tap into the material that you were creating. Absolutely. But I wondered, that's not true of all of Bear Hair because Bear Hair is very, like, context specific because there are songs about like when I was working in a dermatologist's office or like a Catholic school shit like that that like is so irrelevant to my life right now whereas I made you something is very much about like my relationship with having been formerly a very religious person I grew up hella Catholic and like <laughs> hella Catholic is another great I, band name you can be hell you can be Catholic and then you're hella Catholic hella and then Catholic. you're in a band called hella Catholic but you like <laughs> It was glad you like that. But basically, the stuff that is on I Made You Something, because like I did for the vinyl pre-orders, I had to make a hundred of these, like I made a bunch of these lyric books, and this there was no label help from. I was just like, I, I need to do this. I wanted mm-hmm. to do it by myself in the way that I did when I was all punk about everything I did. And like there I had what I did was annotated lyrics where I would take stanzas and I'd I'd dissect them, which not not like everybody's craving that, but like I thought it would be interesting for the people that did bother to pre-order the record. And as I was writing those things, I was like, oh my god! Like there are some things I was thinking about and writing about when I was like eighteen, nineteen that I didn't know would have a whole new meaning for me when I was like twenty-three. And a lot of that stuff is evidence specifically like what I used to write about like my relationship with like being unhappy with the way I was born and directing that anger to like God and my parents and stuff like that now like that song Burble that you shared like recently oh yeah like that whole part about 
expectations, but then like having to like I'm just a kid. Yeah, all that shit of of just like reaching up and being like. I, I'm not supposed to have these responsibilities of like having to come to terms with myself. I'm a fucking like come to terms with myself as a biological human being. I'm like a teenage boy. I'm not supposed to do that. But now I'm like I'm 23, which isn't that much older. But in America, it's, a, it's a, in the world. America? I'm sorry. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> Fuck Keep me. Keep going. No, but like now, I mean, I've been out of the house for so long, and like I've been doing this thing with the band and I have all these responsibilities and jobs and stuff. Now it's just like a universal question. It's not about God or my parents. I'm just like literally <laughs> looking out at the world and just be like, how can you like possibly pile this amount of expectations on anyone? Like, you know, but it's so interesting that you talk about this because something you see online, you know, like in articles or, you know, even in the, the horribly shitty memes that people share on Facebook. You already know. Which are just yeah. garbage. Oh, yeah. But every once in a while, there's some kernel of truth, which is that everybody's making it up. 100%. As they go Obama along. Obama on down. Like, everybody's making it up as they go along. I mean, people have some level of plan, but nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. So, like, whether you're 18 or 23 or 49, at some <laughs> level, you're still like, uh, I guess this is the thing that I do now. 100%. And, like, how could anyone, knowing full well that they're making it up too, bear any expectation on me or anyone else? And, like, I sing that song now, and it's like, yeah, I still feel, like, I think the past is so important to my present and my future. So, I like, sometimes I enjoy living in the past just f- to remember what I've learned. But then, like, it means a whole new thing now. That's all, that whole concept is all over the record of just, like... I grow up and I'm singing these words and sometimes I chastise myself for it because I was like a teenage boy and I'm like, you know, boo-hoo, whatever. But now but that's, I, the, that's the joy <laughs> of being a teenager. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, I get to do <laughs> But then like as I'm unpacking these lyrics and stuff as an adult man, I'm like, no, that still like makes sense to me in like a whole new way. You know, maybe I'm still like just as immature as I was, but like, but yeah, that's, that's a question that. I don't really talk about it very much because it's not like people are asking me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but like, hey, Anthony, like, so what's up with the, uh, you know, like, no one's asking me that. But like, but, I'm, but Blurble, am I, I'm getting it right. Oh, it's right? Burble. Burble, Burble, yeah. Burble. Sorry. You're good. That song to me is like the emotional centerpiece of the album, at least my read. Like, <laughs> so glad you think of it like that. Because when I was listening to the record leading up to the interview and really digging into it and spending some time, like, I spent a lot of time with it today. Because it was, you know, Sunday, there's nothing going on, no one bothering me, and I was able to really, like, absorb it. And the whole record has so much going on, like, some really great, mature, uh, heavy questions and themes. But then, like, you get to Burble, and that is, like, it's like an emotional sucker punch. There's something else about that song. Do you right. feel that way? Um, yes, only in that, like, that's a very perceptive thing to say. Uh, well, you're a podcaster. You have to be perceptive. <laughs> it's, it's I mean, not necessarily. There's a lot of unperceptive, you know. But but continue. No, the only reason I say that is just because it was like on my mind the other day. Because like we finally got the damn record in. I was like, I need to, I need to like re. I'm making it sound like I all I do all day is like listen to my own album. But the only reason <laughs> is because like it took four years. I got sick of it, and then when it finally came out, I had to like reacquaint myself with it and learn how to love it again. And I have, just because I'm proud of it, like everyone, like everyone should be about their music. But like, I listened to Burble, and like now I sing it on on tour and like here and like 
I was just saying to someone the other day, Julia, my bandmate, how like that's that's probably the song that's the roughest to sing. That's it's pro- like it's, it, that's that song actually probably has the least amount of lyrics in any of our songs. Like the shortest on paper, so it's maybe the song singing, but like it's still like it hurts because like now my like family comes to shows and stuff. And, like I don't want to. I don't want to sing about that stuff in front of them and stuff, especially because the whole part is being unsatisfied with like the body I'm born in. Like, I don't want to fucking talk about that publicly, but I, I have to do well, it. You put it in a song. I committed it to a song. But I, I love that idea. Like, I don't want to talk about this publicly. I just put it in a media <laughs> yeah. where I'm going to oh, put yeah. it out in front it's of people. Just, <laughs> it's ridiculous. But it's so funny because if I said that bald face, just like in, in a, like a crowd, would seem ridiculous. Well, that's the beauty of songs. You yeah, know, like yeah. you can say these things that, Otherwise, yeah, you would be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, that is. Um, I do feel that way about that song, and I hope it seems like it seems like the people we've been meeting at shows tend to think that that's the, the their favorite song. So I'm like, I'm glad, I'm glad you have a favorite song. No man, it is. You know, like that's the power of music is that like when it really connects, it's this universal thing. You know, music at its best is something that. You know, and not just music, any art form. Like, you watch a movie or you listen to a song or, you know, you read a story. And that's why, you know, things like Harry Potter or, oh like, God. you know, the things yeah. that have really resonated with people is because you're able to put yourself in that space. You're able oh. to, like, relate to the concepts and the, the meanings. Mm. Yes. So, yeah. Especially Harry Potter. Like, I think about <laughs> every kid, like, would think about, like... <laughs> I don't want to fucking get into this right now. Welcome <laughs> <laughs> to the Harry Potter podcast. <laughs> Harry podcast, yeah. So something else that I think is really interesting about Island of Misfit Toys as a project and concept is that I think that there's 148 people in the band. Yes. Right? 149, yeah. 149 people. There's a lot of people in this band, and you even talked about it a little bit earlier about how that, you know, in some ways it sounded like it slowed down some of the process here and there in the making of the record. Why does this project, why did you design it or did you design it? Like, why is it nine people or 11 people or whatever it is? Like, why does that work for you? Why did you choose to make it like this? It didn't, what I'm thinking about when it first started, it was originally six people. Uh, Cause like the only reason is truthfully like one, they were all people I, I knew and was like hanging out with and so were hanging out with like each other. But the things I wanted to... I'm okay. This is an origin of the band that I almost never talk about, but you know Yes, the prog band? Like the prog... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a huge Yes fan. <laughs> I really love them very much. Sure. For reasons unknown. And like... I love... They were like when I was a kid, I loved like all the fantastical orchestration that they put in their songs and like the weird heavy synths and organs and stuff. And I was just like, man, like... In these songs, I really like. I really want like vibrant instrumentation that sure. is not just like rock instrumentation. Nothing against it, but like I, I feel like there's a place in the world for like hella ambitious, not songwriting but instrumentation. And like taking a song that can be played on just an acoustic guitar and then trying to intelli- trying to intelligently arrange it with a seemingly infinite palette. And so it just is kind of born out of indulgence. It was six people, and then it was eight people, and then it was nine people, including my sister. And, like, it just kind of, it stuck in a way I never would have anticipated. 
and also, you know, it wasn't just me. Like people were down, like down to do it. It's more, it's more of a band than like, you know, just me and my songs. Like it's, it's, I write songs, but everybody turns it into an Island of Misfit Toys song, you know? But I mean, you know, that, that really does come through with the record is that there's a lot of sound there. Yep. You know, like a lot of bands right now in 2016 are, they're more minimal. It's, yeah. you know, Mumford and Sons or like Lumineers or something. And that's, that is what it is. It's Ravinia music. That's fine. But like, <laughs> and you know, it's, it's blanket in the park music. Love but, it. But, you know, for what you're doing, there's so many layers. And, you know, it's kind of like a Pet Sounds type thing where like oh. you go and you pick apart all the different kind of levels that are going on. It's levels to this shit. You're saying stuff and I'm melting because <laughs> I'm a huge Beach Boys fan. Also, yeah. Mark and the band is a giant shouts out. Like, we're just talking about Smile the other day mm-hmm. and like, I, yeah, I geek about that shit and like, yeah, it fell together more conveniently than I thought and only, like, the times where it's like technically inconvenient to the process, it always works itself out. Like, it's, it's, it's like just through some planning and like, really tearing through it because like I know like three piece bands that never get anything done and I'm always amazed that our band is able to do anything and it's just because people are so good and like are so down for whatever and it's just it what could have been insanely hard and could have been such an elaborate process is made easy by everyone I mean that's that's amazing that it is and you know, so now the record's out, you know, the the band, it seems like, is in some some real, like, set shape maybe right now. Like, some, where do you yeah. go from here now that people can hear the record? It's a new year. We're coming up on spring. It doesn't seem like it, but we are. And yeah, pretty soon it's going to be music season, you know? Like, it's going to yeah. be outdoor concerts and touring and all that. So what's, what's on deck for Island of Misfit Toys in 2016? Let's see. Going to Canada in March. Oh, before that. Uh, playing our first time playing the Metro on February 12th. That's right. That's huge. Absolutely. Yeah. Playing Metro. It you guys are like second on the bill, right? Like just under the headliner. Yes. That's and crazy. it's our first time. There have been, a, the Metro is an interesting place just because I know that they have like a lot of third party bookouts, like just random promotion companies. Cause it's a big place. They're prone sure. to that kind of thing. But like we've had offers to play there before that never were through the real in-house booking. And we're usually some, like we might as well have been playing like a battle of the bands or something, right. you know, that, and that reflects nothing on the Metro reflects everything on the people that were buying it out. And like, this was the first time where like, I was talking to like Chad, Chad Klein and Joe Carcello. Mm-hmm. I don't want to use their full names. I'm sorry, but like, but yeah, I mean, people know who these people are. Okay. Word. Yeah. yeah. But like, these people I've been bothering via email for years and like actually like got answers that were interesting and like cool. And I was so happy to actually do a, like a local show and hopefully, hopefully do more. You know, it, it's fun to do that, but then it's, I'm interested to see how I'm really excited. It's a Friday. It's February 12th. Come through. Yeah. But well, <laughs> and playing Metro is, you know, admittedly, I am like a Metro fanboy. I grew up going to Word. Metro. I, I have a strong love for Metro. I, I love the people who make up Metro, who make Metro what it is. And some of the best shows I've seen in my life, 
it's always better when you see a band at Metro. You can see a band mm. twice on tour, and they'll, they'll play another venue, and they'll play the exact same set, and then you see them do that at Metro, and it it's becomes this like this magic something thing. Else. So yeah. I, I always feel like I'm not in, in a band or anything myself, but I always feel like it's a rite of passage of sorts when a local band gets to play their first Metro show. I hope, I hope it proves to be like that. Yeah, I, I see exactly what you mean, and I always thought of that as my, of, uh, when I was younger, and am... I'm hoping it, it goes pretty well because we also just played a big show with our record release. But, like, I think it's going to be really fun. And then it's so funny because the next day in Iowa, we're doing the exact opposite thing. And we're playing at this alternative, like, high school on a farm that's, like... That's basically just the same thing. It's as actually the Metro, the metro yeah. yeah. We're actually just playing the Metro twice. <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's so funny because we're doing like a stripped down set with like a Q&A and stuff. And then we get to sleep in the guest house. Shouts out to Scattergood Friends in Iowa where they have a guest house, all these vegetables and meals. And I'm going to get to cuddle with a baby goat. Oh, man. I'm in the wrong line of business. <laughs> There's no part of podcasting where you can, to go hang out in a farm and cuddle with a baby goat. You can podcast with a baby goat. I mean, all right. They probably have one that, thing to say. Add that to the booking. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> But no, it's it's going to be a very funny weekend, and then Valentine's Day is the next day. Right on, man. Um, um, oh, there's March. Sorry, Canada. Yeah. Fudge. Fuck, I can say whatever I want. Sure. <laughs> April, we are going to Pittsburgh playing Broken World Fest with the reunited band Snowing, who like all my friends went ape shit about in like 2010, with The World is a Beautiful Place, Into It, Over It. Uh, Into It, Over It, another just amazing Chicago band that has another new record coming out. Standards. Like Another great emotionally charged Chicago. I, I could go on and on about my like geek fandom for Into It Over It and just like them being emo torchbearers, which I know Evan hates when people say that. It's okay. I won't yeah. say it to you, Evan. Good thing I'm saying it into a recording. Yeah, what's <laughs> up, dude? <laughs> so, uh, like, there's that. That festival is going to be deeply crazy. And then May, I have uh, a record of my own coming out. Under my own name, which is the first time that's ever happened. It's the first time a record under my own name has been given the vinyl treatment. Um, we'll see how that goes. And then July, I'm hesitant to say this, but around the summer, you will be hearing some new Island of Misfit Toys is happening. And then, yeah, just trying to tour throughout the summer and hit places we've been, places we've never been before. We just had a wonderful run in the South, which we've never been before, and that was one of the best two weeks of my life came back from it about six days ago and I'll never forget it ever. I mean, dude, it's, it's great to see that you guys are active again, that you have this great year lined up and that you, I'm sure it's like deeply satisfying to have this record out now. I know what it feels like that weight that's lifted when you have this thing towering over you and then you finally complete it and put it out into the world. Last year I had so many podcasts that just, we were recording so much for years that I just, like, this huge amount of podcasts didn't get edited just because we were spending all of our time recording oh my new goodness, ones. Yeah. So not to make it about me, but it's like I, I know the feeling that came with when we finally got all of them published online, and I was like, oh, that's done. So I can only imagine <laughs> having four years of making this record behind you, and now you can go out and be in the world and, and activate with it, man. That's great. A hundred percent. Absolutely. I'm glad... I'm glad to hear, like, it's always nice to hear similar stories, you know, because yeah. sometimes it feels like, what were we doing? No, man, it's, you know, that's the creative process. Um, the record is called I Made You Something. It's on all uh, digital music platforms. The band is called The Island of Misfit Toys. Um, it has the in front of it. And really, like, that song, Burble, 
like go listen to the whole record, but go watch the video for Burble. Go listen to it. Go really like put it on with headphones. Like don't listen to it while you're you know playing the Kim Kardashian game on your phone and reading oh, something on BuzzFeed. Don't like, do that. Don't spend that. some time with it. You know, this is music to actually like it's headphone music. I'm glad you. That's the nicest thing I've heard about it. No man, I love it. Uh, Anthony Sanders, man, I'm so glad that we got to do this in person. Thank you so much. This is great. Hundred percent. Thanks for watching. Right on. <laughs> Goodness right. knows. Thanks for having me. Dude, that was great. Am I good to stick around? You're totally welcome to. We're going to bring Olivia on, and then you're absolutely welcome to hang. Oh, I love it. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcast. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, Dynasty Descent.